Welcome, everybody, to the Compost Podcast. Um, we have an exciting episode coming ahead for you, uh, something that will really arouse you in multiple areas, hopefully, not just your brain. Um, but Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and as a note, remember, we are not medical professionals, so obviously anything that comes up is not a prescription or us telling you how to handle a situation. If you ever need help, seek the proper educated and uh, safe help. <laughs> now, we're just trying to, uh, as we have in our bio, decompose socialized outlooks. So we're just trying to unpack some stuff and just get people to think, um, maybe in a new way, consider things that they hadn't considered before. Um, and, you know, break stuff down so that maybe it's not so scary, it's not mm -hmm. so intimidating. Uh, and, and, you know, because everything, you know, all of the things that we choose to talk about are very nuanced, right? So we want to, um, we, we just want to look at it in a new way. Yeah, we want to look at our own perspectives and really kind of digest them and then look at other people's perspectives and kind of understand them as well. Because I believe Anne and I both feel that all perspectives are valid. Everybody's perspective Absolutely. is formed in its own unique way from their own unique lived experiences. And the show is kind of just talk about those lived experiences and those perspectives. Yeah. So let's dive right in. Oh, yeah. So I think sex. I know that we've sex. had overlapping conversations with some sex involved, such as in our dating podcast. And I feel like porn, we talked a little bit about sex as well, but this one is dedicated solely to the act of making love. Well, in some cases, making love and others, you know, just casual coitus, but. I was going to say some people, <laughs> some people, you know, just have sex just for the sake of having sex. And that's completely fine yeah. too. I think, I think the term making love does, it sort of adds a little bit of pressure to, mm -hmm. you know, those people who, who do just enjoy having sex and like the, the act of having yeah. sex. And it's not about you know, having, uh, you know, an extreme relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas some people, you know, the act of making love is such a huge deal. Like, you know, some people because of cultural or religious, uh, be beliefs and, and reasons will wait until marriage to have sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is completely fine. Like I think, and I think, you know, sharing your body with somebody else is your choice. It is your choice. It is your right. Um, but I think that depending on how you grow up and your experiences and stuff, sharing your body with somebody can actually feel very scary mm -hmm. um, depending on circumstances. I think it can also feel incredibly joyful, incredibly, you know, you can feel connected, you can feel enriched. I think that there are so many benefits to having sex, but I do think that like with sex you need to listen to your own self and your own body and your own boundaries and I think that that can be hard because society has placed so many you know restrictions slash expectations on oh, yeah. sex and you know the people who have sex you know I think there's you know huge gender differences between like you know if a man has sex and then if a woman has sex there's a completely different oh yeah there's you know, huge different stereotypes when it comes to male to female perspectives on sex um absolutely an article I read also stated that sex is very phallocentric so it, it's always been male driven kind of in a sense absolutely, yep. um so it's it's been at least in the like caveman times it was a lot about the man 
making babies with a woman. That's kind of always the perspective, and that's the perspective it's always been. It's kind of been held without uh, throughout the time. Is that the the male is the object of interest within a sexual relation. It's not the woman, which I think is yeah. Awful. And I think I think I've I've definitely heard the not argument, but like you know, scientifically, mm-hmm. biologically, you know, in in the past we as human beings as as animals we have been driven biologically to continue like creating like to evolve Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so we need to keep uh you know combining our genetics and like and so that um is like that's like a biological urge but i think something that's really interesting i i've uh read a couple um articles not that i read in preparation for this so maybe i should go looking for some after this but um I, I've read a couple articles in the past that um, sort of were stating that, you know, scientifically, it's looking sort of like uh, because like human beings, like we are so overpopulated, like biologically, we're not ha- feeling the same drive, drive to continue repopulating and uh, like, you know, getting new biological um, combinations yeah. out there and, and continue evolving because like there's too many so like I know in a lot of countries uh, the birth rate is going down mm-hmm. um, and casual and, sex and is going up because a lot of people are, casual sex is going up the birth rate's going down it's because people are choosing to live their lives in a different way because we have evolved to this point yeah. it's for, not like, all about humans, just like, offspring for the survival of the species um, exactly and I think as well a lot of people are questioning like not necessarily questioning like their religion or anything but i think that there are some people who are questioning the sort of um society's idea that like you know you're going to grow up get married make babies have a family Mm -hmm. and and work and die you know like i think a lot of people are sort of um realizing that there's more that is possible there's more and because there isn't the pressure to be like we need more people or the world's not gonna you know quote unquote run and again it's interesting that that's like still based on society's needs and not mm-hmm. the needs of the people anyway sorry i'm getting sidetracked a little bit but i think sex is something that I why, think it's why really, it's just, we completely skipped our <laughs> our perspectives <laughs> from the get-go oh. uh so uh, just to give a frame of reference, um, I am sexual, obvious. Uh, well, I wouldn't say obviously because how would they know that? But <laughs> I am a, I am sexual. I do have intercourse. Like like I just I had a three way last weekend. Great fun. Um, I, I'm queer, so I'm gay, so I'm having homosexual intercourse, not heterosexual intercourse. Um, and I'm 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 sexually active. I wouldn't say I'm super sexually active but i'm comfortable with having casual sex and i have been in a relationship before where i've had monogamous intercourse as well yeah um i guess if we're doing our like specific perspectives Mm -hmm. um i have not had a lot of sex i i wouldn't say that i'm a particularly sexual person i i'm kind of obnoxiously cerebral i if i don't have um like a an emotional and intellectual connection with somebody i don't feel sexually or romantically attracted to them and for me i identify as demisexual so 
it's just it's very few and far between that I find somebody that I feel compatible with in a way that I would feel comfortable sharing my body with Mm -hmm. them I think that that does come uh, from my own uh, experiences in my life throughout uh, my childhood through high school through college um, you know and I think it has everybody like everybody's experience with with sex is different. I know like I was introduced to the topic and idea of sex very early. Um, And to me, because of my life experiences, it never really felt safe. It always Mm -hmm. felt scary. It felt like this is something that I needed to do one day. Um, I remember somebody saying to me, you know, basically, and this was somebody who is religious. Somebody said basically, you know, that it's, uh, you have to, you can't have like vanilla sex or you're not going to keep your man. And Uh-oh. at the time I was very like, sort of, I was young and I was sort of caught up in this like idea that like, um, you know, heterosexual relationships and, and, uh, you know, getting married, making babies, being mm-hmm. a stay at home mom was going to be my future yeah and it uh, so it, well it felt it just felt yucky mm-hmm. like I remember just being like ew like so I have to like do stuff that I don't really want to do to keep someone happy mm-hmm. you know like that sounds so yucky to me but like but but I would say as uh, a female presenting person I do I get a lot of stuff like that and I have throughout my whole life and I think growing up in um a Christian household I think that you know maybe my mom and family weren't specifically saying those things to me but the people around me were yeah you know and I think that I think that um I I don't know I think that for me like as somebody who as I've gotten older I've realized that I am demisexual you know and I think I I questioned myself for a really long time Mm -hmm. where I was like you know before I even knew what asexuality meant I just thought there was something wrong with me like I didn't know the term asexuality and I just thought like you know um I remember driving in a car with three other girls once and we were driving in downtown um Ottawa and the girls were like we were like 14 or 13 and all the girls were like looking out the window being like "Ooh, like look at that boy Ooh, look at his butt and I remember just sort of like looking out the window and being like Yep, that's a stranger with a butt like mm-hmm. and I just didn't I, I remember feeling like I was lacking something right that, like I, I but but then as I got older I realized it, I I'm not lacking anything it just is that I don't feel as sexual as other people yeah um and 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 I think again like I really thought that there was something wrong with me for a long time and I carried a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and anxiety about my future of having sex um and when I did get in a relationship with somebody it ended up being you know a relationship that is you know I guess pretty typically expected from (laughs) that kind of upbringing I was with somebody who was not emotionally or intellectually mature or thoughtful um and i stayed with him for much longer than i should have um and 
I remember whenever we had sex, it just didn't, it, I, it just felt like pressure. Like, you know, it, it didn't feel fun. It was never something that I wanted to do. Um, but I also looking back realized that I ended up dating this person, um, despite knowing that I didn't feel connected to them. I felt, I felt like they were really nice at the beginning and they were really interested in me and they, you know, made me tomato soup when I had pneumonia and it was really nice. And, um, like, and that was right at the beginning of the relationship, but it kind of went downhill really fast. And I stayed for a long time because I felt that pressure of being like, um, you know, in a, heterosexual monogamous mm-hmm. relationship and sticking to it despite there being issues and uh yeah like and the sex like it wasn't like I don't know it, it it's it's like like I climaxed but it wasn't fun I wasn't enjoying it because I could tell that my partner was only interested in getting me off so that he could get off right you felt and sort of used so it, I guess yeah, like it just felt like it didn't feel connected. There was no, and so for me, that's not something that I like. Yeah. Whereas I know that other people are completely comfortable with that. And for me, though, it's just for me because of my experiences, that's not um, what I find pleasurable. But I also realize that. Um, you know, for me specifically, I do have, you know, whatever baggage I've got. And then on top of it, I am not particularly sexual. So, you know, it, I think whoever, <laughs> if I ever end up with somebody, I think, you know, they're going to have to be a pretty special kind of person because I, I do, you know, have certain, I don't want to say expectations of another person, but it's more that I expect respect and, uh, well, you, you have, know, consent. You have your own kinks, like, just like, like, like you said. There's tons of people out there who have. Sex is hugely individual. There's a wide variety of things that turn people on and turn people off, and knowing what those things are, and understanding that this is what you need from your sexual partners, and informing them of that, and making sure that that is what you get, is an important is an important part of sex, and it's okay, right? Like you would never shame someone for their kink and no, no one hopefully would shame you for the way you want to interact sexually with another individual. Oh, well, I've definitely gotten shame and pressure. Yes. Absolutely. But you, you, you do like the understanding of that. Well, it's, I guess it's, you kind of have to get there that, because I know that when I, first started having sex casual sex specifically in the queer community i had it took a bit of time for me to get comfortable saying that like hey i'm not into that like that's not my thing or i'm not enjoying this and like being comfortable enough to kind of speak up about what my sexual preferences are and not feel weird about it yeah no and i think that's a really interesting point because like as a female um presenting person um i do I do get like a lot of pressure. It's I don't know. In the, I feel in like the article I read, it it stated that a lot of times in uh, heterosexual male to female sexual experiences, the women act as gatekeepers. So they are usually the ones who have the pressure of controlling the situation on them 
um, in a lot of cases, want to protect their physical and mental health. And the men in the situations are kind of just driven by sexual desires and they're not thinking as much about like the intricacies of it, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. And I think that's a really, that's a really interesting way to, to put it that women are gatekeepers. Um, I think, oh, that, wow, I've never, I've never really thought of it that way. Like gatekeepers to their own bodies. Yeah. That men have access to and women have to protect. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting, like, who, who's that article by? Was it by a woman or a man? Uh, a woman. It was that's an article on sexual ethics in a young woman's account of heterosexual uh, intercourse or casual sex. It it leans heavily on Foucault, which is a um a psych a psychologist or psychotherapist or he has articles a lot on ethical sex and the okay. and whatnot and uh, it's quite it was quite an interesting article. Uh, it talks about uh, this idea of rapport a soi, a French term, which is the relationship of one ought to have with oneself, um, and it requires not only knowledge of the self but also self reflection, and if the indi- this requires individuals to reflect not only on themselves, but including their desires and pleasures, but also on how they fit in society and how its cultural representation forms their own understanding. Um, and the way that they frame it is that if in sexual intercourse you're not taking care of yourself, then it's not an ethical, you're not having ethical sex, right? That you're, yeah. you or your, this other individual are, are being driven completely by your desires and your whims and your like biological drive. And if that is the case, then that sexual intercourse that you're having is not ethical or safe. Which yeah, no, is a very interesting a really, idea. Um, it is an interesting idea, but I think it's interesting as well that like, you know, that's that's a concept that like I don't think most people actually think about. I mean, because and I mean, just to back up you know that statement with a little bit of evidence is like you have instances of you know stealthing which is when uh the male will slip the condom off during sex Mm -hmm. uh which puts the woman at extreme risk of pregnancy stds etc um and like and i mean i think that that and and even then like going back to her uh, concept of like gatekeeping uh, a woman's own body like I mean and it's I think it's interesting because there are so many instances where women can do everything that they can like they can go through you know what was that French term that you said the uh, rapport, rapport à soi yeah where they get to know themselves and they get to know their bodies and you know they you know take this really in my opinion pretty sexist view of having to gatekeep their own bodies from men mm-hmm. um you know and they can do all of that and still women get stalked raped you know stealthed yeah. all this shit you know holes poked in the condoms so that the woman gets pregnant and they have to stay with the man like i think and i think like for me i know in my relationship my my old relationship um, I did not feel comfortable um, stating what I wanted or what I needed, um, despite 
putting down the basics for communication and consent before because this with this relationship that I was in it was the first person I'd ever had sex with Mm -hmm. um I was really nervous I was frightened I I didn't really want to have sex and I think I definitely pushed myself to have sex before I really was ready because I just wanted to get it over with yeah and you felt like you had to I felt like I had to and I just wanted to get it over with and like it wasn't fun the first time it sucked which is sad because it's it's informed your idea of sex right like well, yeah. The first time well, you have I sex mean, should I be. Think other stuff informed my idea of sex as well. No, I, I think, know, but I, I, I mean more in the sense that, like, if your first time having sex is bad, it it does leave like a tech quote unquote bad taste in your mouth, and not just because they came in your mouth. Um, <laughs> um, because I know that like my first like time I had sex was not great. Yeah. Especially because anal sex is not easy. And, uh, yeah. so it, I don't, I am, I myself am hesitant to have anal sex and it, not that I haven't tried. It's just the first time I had, it wasn't great. And then it, from then on, it just, I always have this idea that it's not going to be enjoyable. So, That's right. Like the, my first time kind of informed my like opinion of it. In well, a way. I think that, um, not to like you know get too personal i think that with my past of of trauma um that it already had informed my opinion of how sex was going to be so i was already very nervous Mm -hmm. and i think for me i sort of no i i don't think that like i unless i had found like the perfect most compatible partner who was completely understanding and like knew all of everything about me and like mm-hmm. was wanting to make sure that I was safe and comfortable etc like I I don't know like I don't want to sound like an asshole but like at least for me in the population that I'm in like finding somebody a man I guess because I I I am also queer but I have only had sex with men mm-hmm. uh, at this point in my life um but I think you know there aren't that many people around me that I know of like that like that I like I I've been on the dating apps I have gone out you know before the pandemic pre-pandemic you know two different things to try and socialize and meet people I will say I probably haven't socialized as much as other people because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and I get anxious but you know the people that I've come across have not been um in my area i guess that i the people that i personally have come across have not been um the kind of people that would really yeah that would really take um the time to be the kind of partner that i would need and i think for me when i was a lot younger i think i was 20 when i first had sex Mm. um i know i know late bloomer everybody else is like oh i was 13 and i had sex for the first time at 19 so that's that's part of the sexual experience it's different for everybody it is different for everybody and i think like for me i i think part of the reason why i felt so much pressure to have sex is i felt like i was behind right and like i like i i was behind all my peers in a lot of ways in like my head i how i felt and i was just like i just want to get this over with i don't want to be scared of it anymore i just want to get it over with and then yeah the first time sucked it was awful it was like and it was like 
really stereotypical heteronormative like p and v no foreplay none of that shit Mm. so i but so then i did um try and communicate after and i was like look like you know when we have sex and i don't you know come it makes me feel like it makes me feel really yucky like i'm sort of like a tool for you to get off like a masturbation tool and like and i said i was like i know that that's not like your intention but i just want to let you know like you know when we're having sex i because of my past and because of my trauma and stuff like i I just need to be it needs to be more of a both both and not Mm -hmm. a just you thing right um and we like looked at some articles about like um consent and how to like just 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 to communicate just so we were on the same page um but then for my for my ex-partner it seemed like it just became like a competition to like see how many times they could get me off right and then they would p and b you know sex and then he would get off and it didn't it it just didn't feel it felt like a competition like it, it felt interpersonal know, right like he, unpersonal completely like he he took it in the complete absolutely. wrong way absolutely you were looking for more connection but he just bypassed that and went to less connection and more objectivity objectivity exactly like he was like okay i'm gonna get you off three times in a row and it wasn't even fun like it was literally just like how like it wasn't it was like yeah Yeah. and and then and then it was just like okay now i'm just gonna p and v and then we're done and then it just like i don't know it, it was like like we never like talked during sex or anything it was like i don't know and i don't really know what normal is right like I think normal I think, is relative for yeah, everybody. I, was I think gonna everybody say, finds their own comfort. Everybody finds, you know, hopefully finds their own comfort. And, mm-hmm. and, and, um, but, but yeah, I just, I haven't found that. And then I, uh, I don't know. I, I think for me, what I learned is that I need to be more communicative for like consistently instead of, um you know sort of having big talks and then expecting changed behavior because in my uh at least in my experience that doesn't usually work um but it's also important in the moment to be comfortable communicating i i know that exactly and i find it so hard when i'm in like a quote-unquote vulnerable situation like when we're having sex i find it very hard to speak what I feel and what my needs are because I find it hard to even pinpoint what my needs are. So that was what I was about to say is, but that is an excellent point is like, you know, be feeling safe enough to like say how you're feeling and stuff is, is such a huge. And I think that a lot of people, again, don't realize that that is part of or should be part of the experience is that mm-hmm. you should feel safe enough to communicate in the moment and stuff. But I think a lot of a lot of women, girls specifically, feel like they can't, um, you know, because there is back to what what we started with at the beginning. Like there is this sort of expectation for women to have their bodies be available to their partners at any time. And I know that that was an issue that I had with my ex is that he definitely thought he could just touch me really sexually without asking, without any warning, and that for me was very stressful because (laughs) I did I don't like that and I would but I said that to him and it just like he just didn't get it he would just find new ways to touch me 
sexually and then I'd have to sit down and be like I don't like it when you like grab my vagina out of nowhere yeah. like it makes your me sex life felt like a constant battle basically yeah is... and and but but then at the end basically when I broke up with them I was like look there's so many things that are not working and you know and then he and I, and then he was like oh well but I've changed and I was like you haven't though like I've sat you down like four times to talk to you about um you know my boundaries and how what I'm comfortable with and like you know I've pinpointed these certain behaviors that you do that make me very uncomfortable and you've stopped those behaviors but then you just weasel in after a couple weeks some new sneaky sexual behavior to replace them and he was like well you didn't say I couldn't do that and I was like do I need to make a fucking list for you about the inappropriate stuff that you do that I'm not comfortable with despite me communicating feel like it takes just a little bit of common sense to think hey this action is very similar to the action I did before that she asked me not to do but maybe I shouldn't do it (laughs) Well, but that's exactly the thing, though, is that there is an expectation, I guess, for not all heterosexual men, obviously, but for some heterosexual men that there is like that if you're with somebody that you're with a woman, that that woman's body is yours whenever you want. And like I. I was very shocked, I guess, when that happened, despite, you know, my (laughs) my past, I was very shocked because I was just like. I've never felt like I had ownership over somebody else's mm-hmm. body that I could just touch somebody's body without asking. Like, you know, when you're laughing with someone and you put like a gentle hand on the shoulder or, you know, to get somebody's attention, you put your hand on their shoulder. Like, I don't know, like I don't touch people very often ever mm-hmm. really. Um, and, and, and I think again, like it's, but, but I find people touch me all the time. Yeah. Well, I've, that's a, it's a consent thing and yeah. everybody's again it's a nuance because everybody's different with very different with what they're comfortable with and and that's okay but in regards to the like being able to say t- communicate during sex and feeling vulnerable at the same time i know that when i started having sex i felt very similar i felt that speaking up meant that i was not happy or like not enjoying myself or any of these sort of things that would pinpoint, make them upset to make the person unhappy with the fact that I'm speaking up. And it took a lot of time to get comfortable being like, Hey, Hey, don't do that. Or be more gentle. Like that hurts. Or like, I don't enjoy that, but why don't you come up here and play with my nipples? Like it took a lot of time for me to get comfortable to the point where it's like, if I'm not having fun with a guy and I'm really not enjoying myself, I will now just like stop and be like, okay, it's time for you to leave. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not enjoying it. You're too aggressive or you're, you're not listening and that's it. I don't need to give you any more chances. I don't need to instruct you to be better if you're not going to listen or change, right? But it took so many experiences of having sex with random people from Grindr to get to the point where I, I realized that, like, my sexual experience is mine and I get to decide how it goes and what happens and if the other person can't comply or isn't doing that then I don't have to have that sex with them yeah and I think I really do think that that is um one bonus to having casual sex (laughs) if you don't have like an emotional or or intellectual or like just any kind of like relationship with them prior I feel like it is 
like easier to mm. be like not necessarily easier because I'm thinking about it and I'm like I feel like that would still be very hard yeah. but like it's I feel like it's just it's kind of a different situation than if you're in like a relationship with somebody like a new relationship or a long-term relationship with somebody and you have to like create that boundary and then you know depending on the person they might be just like oh yeah for sure or you know in my experience you know you try and create a boundary and the person either sneakily tries to keep breaking the boundary or they just are like oh like i heard you play the woe is me and then they like guilt you about it and make you feel bad for creating that boundary and i think i don't know if that is um just something that i have been surrounded by in my life where people make me feel bad for creating safe boundaries but um I I think it it is I think you're right it's something that like not not you know everyone should practice but it's something that I should practice well and it comes with practice right it is it's not a skill that just is gonna like anything it's not just gonna be there right like it's not just gonna be there but also there's nothing wrong no with creating boundaries and I think that like for me I grew up in a religious um I grew up in a religious family and there was a lot there was a culture of shame that I was surrounded by uh, specifically regarding sex but also just in general like with my body and stuff and I think um the idea of creating safe boundaries like that was just not something that really was like I mean just to bring it back to what I said is like you know somebody said to me basically like you know you you have to be you can't be vanilla because you're going to lose your man basically Mm -hmm. and I you know at the time was just sort of yeah just shocked scared like that doesn't sound but again like there's that whole like the idea that like your body is not really your own and you can't really create those boundaries you know you have to have kinky fun sex or your man will leave you and that's the point it's like you know if 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 somebody doesn't want to have kinky sex i don't think that that should be like the, the you know if your relationship is is only based on sex then well then is it a good relationship i think that's a, a interesting point because obviously there like kink is very again it's very broad right like oh, a, fo- a foot fetish is a kink but like you could also say that French kissing is a kink, right? Like when we say kinky, obviously a lot of people think very far on the end of the like kink spectrum, but really like uh, kink, like I'm not super kinky, but I like licking. I like making out. I like oral, like those are my kinks, but those are very, very vanilla and very basic kinks. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I tell that to people when they ask, but I agree with you that like your relationship shouldn't be based on your completely on your sexual, in, like your sexual preferences and sexual intercourse, but it is a big part of a relationship. And I, especially in the queer community, um, like I, I don't know if I would date someone who's into fisting or like water sports or like fecal play or any of that kind of stuff. Because it's obviously not my preference. And I, I'd feel like if I were dating them, that I'd be holding them back from the things that they enjoy. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Which wouldn't be fair, right? No, and that's... I mean, and I think... I think that's a really that's a really interesting point. 
about the feeling like you're holding someone back. I think that that would be subjective. Like the person mm -hmm. would have well, to. Well, they'd like, have if, to make that person... decision as well. But yeah, exactly. But um. But if I can't give them the kind of erotic intercourse that they usually get off on, then I won't be quote unquote like good enough in bed for them. Kind of. Obviously, like we said, everybody's different. They could be completely okay with the fact that they won't be doing that kind of stuff anymore. But I think this is, again, understanding your boundaries, what you like, and understanding your partner's boundaries and what they like are important not just in intercourse, but also in your sexual relationships and your relationships. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, too, because I think that's where my um, sort of asexual, more asexual side comes out is you were like, you know, if I'm not, like what you just said, you were like, if I'm not getting them off um, in the erotic way that they normally enjoy, then I feel like I'm holding them back. And for me, um, like I just, like the erotic stuff is just not stuff that interests me. Mm -hmm. Like I would rather have a more like personally, and this is, I'm only speaking for myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I would rather have like a, a really like, emotional intellectual um loving caring relationship and have like very little sex um then have a lot of good sex um with somebody um you know who i'm not feeling connected to so for me i guess like it would I, I like obviously if i felt like i was holding somebody back sexually and they felt the same way then that would be a completely different story but i think I think it is subjective and I think that like just because you do enjoy certain things doesn't mean that you can't be with somebody who doesn't enjoy those things. Oh, no. Like I think that, but that's again it's I think, a conversation. But again, I think that it, it, yeah it, and, and I think that that's a conversation that like a lot of people don't feel comfortable having like I know we've sort of touched on this but like I feel like well, a lot of the like, time they I don't, don't feel know. like it's because they're worried that it's going to end the relationship which it probably will. Yeah, like, I don't know very many people who are comfortable talking about sex in general, let mm. alone comfortable talking about what they want and what they like and, like, you know, the things that turn them on. Like, I think, I think, and I think, to be honest with you, like, a lot of my female friends um, definitely don't really know what they like. Right. They just sort of, like, I, I the amount of, of women that I've spoken to who are like, I've never orgasmed. Right. And I'm like, but that's the, really the, that's a lack of sexual exploration on their end. Right. Like not even with other people, you know, just by on their own, too. Right. Like, I, well, well, yeah. But I mean, and I think, again, that comes back to a lot of shame where. No, I know. Feel like Slut shaming, don't. virgin shaming. There's a lot of social stigma. Masturbation that shaming. Pushes men know, like, and women away from exploring their sexual like. Exactly. Well, but themselves think, as a sexual being exactly but i think a lot of women don't even really realize that you know like exactly it's a lack of sex sexual exploration but they don't realize that they're allowed to do to that do like no, they feel shameful about their bodies and about their desires and about their urges so then they have p and v sex with a man who doesn't give a shit about their desires and how they feel but they don't know how to tell like, them well, that well they just don't realize that there is a different experience of having sex if you if you you know have somebody who is connected to you and who cares about your pleasure and experience but for women a lot of the time they do have to really advocate for 
themselves and a lot of women don't feel comfortable doing that so they do just end up you know sort of dealing with you know shitty sex mm-hmm. where the partner doesn't care about them and again i think you know i'm not saying this is for all heterosexual couples by any means because that is just not accurate but i i think my experience growing up again in like a uh, pretty religious and 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 growing up with again the heteronormative idea that i was going to get grow up get married have babies um get married to a man have babies and and you know you know be a mom like i think and I think that, you know, that's another thing maybe that I, the expectation that women are going to be moms, because I think that that does definitely color um, some a, a woman's expectation of what sex is, mm. especially in like a religious context where it's like, you know, you're having sex to make a baby. And that's it. Not to have fun. But yeah. then the man is basically like, Ooh, I get to have sex, but like I don't really have to care about the woman because it's we're having sex for like a reason and the man has to come so that they make a baby, right? So there's like this sort of this uh, expectation again, like societal expectations. But this about, is this is the phallocentric like, idea that we talked about previously where sex is for the man's pleasure, exactly. but for the yep. for utility for the women, it's not about their pleasure. Exactly. And and women, a lot of women who grow up in religious um, upbringings, you know, just religious upbringings, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they they don't they don't expect more than that. And they're not given permission you know? to either. Like, which it, is the big some, point. There. Some women, you know, when they get married on their wedding night, you know, the older women basically warn them. They're basically like, just lie there and just let it happen. happen. Because these women are virgins because they're religious mm-hmm. and they are not like they don't they, they've never really talked about sex because that's a taboo. You're not allowed to talk about it. So they're literally just told to like just lie there and let it happen. Mm-hmm. Like and, it, it, you know, and, and, you know, some some women who are in these religious um, experiences obviously will rebel and will not you know they'll have sex before they get married and so that's not as scary but those people um you know i think it's still what am i trying to say i think i think that it's still there's still uh, these expectations for yeah. women i, I um, think they've gotten like as we said in a lot of all other podcasts these perspectives have obviously evolved uh women like uh, I remember back in high school, like a dude who's had lots of sta- sex is a stud and a girl who has lot who's had lots of sex is a slut, right? Like absolutely now, but nowadays there's still a bit of that, but it is better, right? Like I have tons of female friends who have tons of sex and I did like, I have very, I, they're not being slut shamed as much. Obviously there's still slut shaming and kink shaming and like virgin shaming out there, but it has gotten better, but there, it is still, there's, this stuff is based on things like you said from religion, all these other things. And it's just been pervasive in like the idea of sex. Yeah. And I think um, you're right that it's getting better. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, um, you know, we have technology at our fingertips and, and people are able like sexual literacy is something that people are able to seek out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, 
I don't know. I think that that is a blessing and a curse. I think that that, again, like you can search anything yeah. online. You can yeah, Google yeah. basically anything and you're going to come up with results. And you have to be subjective in what you take um, into your own sort of morals and values and what you believe is right for you and believe is right in general and i think that there is a lot of misinformation out there you know i think that it can be very misleading and i think that not having a safe um a safe person to come to and ask these questions and and have like like honest answers that are educational that are not judgmental mm -hmm. you know because i think that a lot of information you're going to find is biased oh yeah uh, because sex is such a nuanced like sex and and relationship romance uh marriage babies all of this stuff is it's, it's all intertwined in different ways and so i think that you're you are right that sexual literacy in general is going up because mm -hmm. people have access, access to, to that, that information but I do think as well that it that there is um, it poses other issues, other issues. I think that yeah. there is that there is the possibility and um, and this comes up even more. So uh, in one of the articles, it was focused more on LGBTQ plus uh, IA plus. Um, yeah. But because uh, the queer intercourse is not a focal point within the education system. Um, and a lot of the time it is very heteronormative and that it, those ideals are very forced on the students within schooling and education systems that it, LGBTQIA plus individuals tend to have this kind of miscommunicated, like they don't know what sex is for a queer individual. And because there's so many different kinds of queer individuals and the sex is different for a lot of these specific individuals that sex becomes this thing that it's not just sex. It's kind of like a rite of passage into your sexuality, right? Like you don't know you're gay until you have gay sex, like sex with a man, right? You don't know you're a lesbian until you have sex with a woman because you don't have that kind of information. Obvious, which is to the point that you, you have these kids Googling like gay sex, like anal sex, like what is sex for a lesbian? What is sex for a non-binary individual like there's tons but there's so much information that you have all these different ideas you have all these different like perspectives and positions they're being told that this is wrong or it's good or you shouldn't be having sex as much as just like in the normal heteronormative uh sexual experience but it, it's sex has become so attached with the queer community that like the queer community is looked at as oversexualized, hypersexual, like non-monogamous, like very casual. And is that is that like in your opinion is that uh is that an I ideal that like the queer community holds or that other people hold about the queer community or both? Well, so like I do feel like the queer community is very sexual. But that's because that's what we identified as. Like, we were told that we can't have sex with a man or a woman for the longest of time. So when we finally could have sex with our partners, that's we're going to do that, right? Like, but realistically, I think there's a lot of ambivalence towards casual sex and sex in the queer community. 
Uh, okay. I think that the queer community is over-sexualized by individuals who are not in the queer community. I think individuals who are in the queer community do know that we have, like, we are sexual, but I don't think we are more sexual than a straight person, right? I think straight people have just as much heteronormative sex as queer people have homosexual sex. I just think it's misrepresented to the fact that it, we have more and that we are super sexualized beings. Well, and you know, what I think is funny is, well, not even funny, but I, I, you know, have been doing some thinking like throughout my life. And one thing that I really realized um, when I was doing my own thinking about like coming out and stuff um, is when you come out, literally the only thing that changes about the way people view you and the way that and the things people know about you is that they know that you prefer to have sex with and and are romantically and sexually and and physically attracted to somebody of the same sex that's literally the only yeah. that but here's the thing when you acknowledge that and you say i'm you know i'm gay or for me i'm demisexual so it depends on it really just depends on the person and it can be right. anybody like for me i whenever i end up being attracted to somebody i end up just being blown away because it just happens so infrequently it's just it doesn't happen often but it can be for anybody like you know it's it doesn't matter who the person is what their gender is their sexual orientation whatever like it, it just happens and then i just have to deal with it and it it just is part of it's just part of life but i think the act of coming out puts out there your sexual preferences that's literally basically the only thing that changes because because well i mean okay obviously it's not the only thing that changes but what changes for like you know a heteronormative heterosexual person is that they know your sexual preferences because that's really the only thing that changes you still have loving hopeful joyful peaceful wonderful relationships with people the only thing that changes is the gender of the person that you are with and and but i think that that is it is that for people it makes them not uncomfortable but they just know that fact about you that you prefer to have sex with people and like that information i think is for people who have underlying um you know who who are heteronormative who've grown up in a heteronormative culture who have underlying homophobia um like under who have underlying homophobia um you know despite not working like i think i don't know i because i think I think it, it it's so nuanced and it's so pervasive. And I think that, yeah, like for me, it's so shocking to me that that is what gets everybody so upset. Because it's just like, we're all humans. We all have bodies. We all, like, like we all experience life differently. Why is it such a big deal that people have sex with each other like we're all human beings and like it's it's mm -hmm. so shocking to me too because there are so many instances of um 
like homosexuality in like the animal kingdom like and and we we don't really question that we're just like yeah and but like but for humans there's like these like you know we say we 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 feel like we've evolved you know that we're so um you know we're so smart and better you know we're at the top of the food chain we're doing all these yeah. things but like we still have these completely just weird hang-ups <laughs> about the way we interact with each other and i think that you know again like just just to go back to what i was saying like people just get so upset about who shares their body with whom and it's so silly it's like and and literally when you come the out thing is the that's perception the only of thing others. that changes because you're still having beautiful healthy loving relationships with people and and that's the only thing that's the only fact that makes people uncomfortable like you know and i just it it just shocks the hell out of me anyway sorry that was a bit of a tangent but coming out is literally just changing the perception of the people around you right it changes the way they perceive you and it's specifically in the way that they view you having sex right but but this exactly nothing else changes yeah having sex and that's literally like and and then they they get so uncomfortable about it and they're like oh my god like i just you know i couldn't imagine doing it so i can't imagine you doing it and it's like but i think that's one of the reasons one of the reasons that queer community is over like represented so the, the one of the articles stated stereotypes within the lgbtqa community have trended towards representation of people who are either over sexual and permit promiscuous or on the opposite end under sex and isolated and these stereotypes tend to tend to fail to account for the lgbtqia plus diverse lived experience of sexuality and sex and a lot of the self-identity of individuals within the community is based on the over-determined association with sexual behavior rather than the community participation cultural practices or non-sexualized relationships and i think that that paragraph just beautifully sums up the fact that like there's more to being gay than the person you have sex with. There's more to being queer than just your sex, your sex life, your sex life, basically. But because coming out is literally yeah. us announcing our sex life to the people around us to say, hey, I am yeah, gay. Well, sex is at the forefront of people's minds. Absolutely. And that, uh, yeah. Ugh. It just is so shocking and like it's funny just because you were sort of saying um it's it's interesting that we're you know be, that mm -hmm. we are it's on both ends of the spectrum because you did you just said like you know the stereotype between like people being over sexualized mm -hmm. and then you know the people who on both ends of the spectrum and i know for me like i i know who i am i know who i am um and the reason that i came out as you know demisexual and sort of i when mm -hmm. i did come out um like you know online like on instagram and facebook i sort of described i think what demisexuality was um because people aren't a lot of people aren't familiar with it um and the reason that i came out is because here's the thing people you're still a banana right like you're still it you. doesn't change anything you know i'm still single i'm still a single working student like i'm still doing all these things um I'm still, I'm still me. Um, but the reason that I came out is because 
I was having the experience of people being very sexual with me all the time and it was making me uncomfortable. So I came out as demisexual to be like, hey, I don't like mm. it when, you know, you make a really sexual joke and like touch me like it makes me uncomfortable. And I think that being able to say like I am the this person I am the way that I am and like, you know, or even like saying like, you know, putting out there like I. I'm demisexual, like I don't want to say I'm picky, but it's like it just I am I can't be attracted to people that I'm not attracted to. Yeah, like, it's part of your diverse lived experience of sex and sexuality, right? Like it, the key word there is diverse, right? Exactly. It's- but that doesn't mean that diverse. Exactly. But then I get, I, I find that I do get the opposite where people just think that I yeah. just have no sexuality at all. And I definitely, compared to other people, my sexuality is, is very understated, like very, very like mm. low comparatively to some other people. But you know, compared to other people, my sex drive's really high. Like, it just, it just, it, exactly like you said, diverse, it depends on the person, but people, when you come out and when you, when you identify as a certain way, exactly like you said, people have their own ideas mm-hmm. of what that means and they put those expectations on you. And it's really more about them than yeah. it is about, than it is about the person. Because, yeah, like, when you come out, you're basically saying, this: these are the people I prefer to have sex with. And these are the people that I'm romantically and sexually attracted to. Yeah. And, you know? and like, I feel like for like gay dudes, when we come out, we are over-sexualized. And then we, like, like we said on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have asexual individuals who come out as asexual and it, it being asexual, oh, yeah. it's, it's very it's broad too. Cause each individual asexual's experience with sex is different. Some don't want to have sex at all. Some, it has to be, within a specific scenario but a lot of the time asexuals are represented as, as like we said undersexed and extremely isolated yeah well and i think again i think like it's just like this lack of understanding and even as mm-hmm. you said like in school you know you are sort of forced to learn these like heteronormative like how to put a condom on a banana and what like no queer sex, sex education is like and you know but you don't talk about yeah how to have gay sex like how to have male to male female to female sex how to have sex as an asexual or like you know where the boundaries are how to navigate you know a relationship when you are trying to understand your own needs and your own desires like it's very none of that is talked about it is literally here's how you put a condom on here's how to have sex so that you don't spread diseases and get pregnant and then it's very clinical it's not it's not really and like i know for me i was incredibly like i was incredibly Mm. uncomfortable in my classes not because here's the thing when i learn about stuff like that i do look at it in kind of a clinical like okay this is what i'm learning but i also look at it with an open mind and think okay this this is what i'm being presented with but i know that there are other experiences i know that there are other experiences out there Because, you know, because I know who I am, I know I don't feel that way, but I also know who you are. I know you don't feel that way. And it's like, you know, so, but I also was very uncomfortable because like the people in my class, I lived in a small town, they just thought it was like a Mm. big joke. Like they did not care about it. They, and I don't know if that is like ubiquitous 
throughout all high schools when you're doing a sex ed class. But like, I remember when all of the girls and this, I remember all of the girls were split up uh, at one point to do a different class. I think we'd had, um, we had male, female gym classes in grade nine. And then in grade 10, we had gender specific uh, gym classes. And it was, in my opinion, it was just odd because like, you know, like what, what did the boys learn in their class? Like, I kind of wish that I had learned that too. And I wish that the boys had learned the female stuff that the females had. Learned. Oh yeah. I think I, in a very like heteronormative sexual experience, I think um, the men need to know just as much about the women's anatomy and the, what the women have to do as much as they need to know about their own bodies. Well, I mean, there is a huge, like, this is this is more, not necessarily a sexuality thing, but, like, more of a, a woman thing, but, like, the amount of misinformation about how women's bodies, is specifically how women's reproductive systems work, is astounding. Like, there is Well, that's a, exactly it. I, that's why the boys should be included in understanding. One, because it's it makes them more empathetic, but also in a sex-related way, understanding what they're dealing with, you know, is the difference between pleasure and pain. <laughs> no, there is. And, and I mean, there's also a difference between knowing that a woman has a period and knowing how the woman's body works. Because, like, there is a product that I saw. It was, like, advertised on Instagram, and it was literally, Whoa, like, that's a not glue. okay to glue your pussy lips together when you have your period so that the blood doesn't come out so you don't have to wear a pad. That's how you get like, toxic like, shock syndrome. Do you have any fucking idea how a woman's body works? Like, that is so ignorant, first of all, but it's also so harmful, like, and shaming. Like, women, first of all, we, I will be the first person to say, people with vaginas and uteruses trust me i i'm gonna tell you right now oh, yeah. i don't think i have met any person with a uterus or a vagina who has been happy about the fact that blood comes out of their vagina once a month i don't think i have met anybody with a uterus and a vagina who has been happy about that um but here's the thing our bodies are so fucking cool and you know when you know the egg comes through the fallopian tube it comes down into the into the uterus and hmm. it waits it sits there and waits for implantation every month because it's like your body is ready to create a new life every month that is so cool and then when the egg realizes that its time is up it gets passed with the uterine lining and it comes out through the vagina and it's not like it's yeah. literally that simple. It's also so much more complicated, but it's also not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. It happens to like what half the population every month, like, you know, and, and it's it's normal. It's part of how our bodies work. Animals also have like like also have periods like this is just well, mammals, I guess I shouldn't say animals. Mammals also have periods. And it's just like I think, you know, the fact that it's it's looked on with such shame and stuff like and and so there's so much misinformation and the fact that like you know like i think there's there are some 
I also saw there were these two men who made these, like, literally made period gloves. So, like, these special, like, disposable, like, pink and purple, like, gloves that you can use to take out your tampon and stuff. Like, it just, like, super gendered, like, completely unnecessary. Like, mm-hmm. you can wash your fucking hands. First of all, you should wash your hands first. And then second of all, you wash your hands after. And, like, you know, there are other things that you can do. But, like, I just think, you know, again, the shame around your body. It's like this This is just how your body works. And, yeah, and that's the same thing when it comes to sex. Is that There's a lot of shame, especially for women, about their bodies and during sex. Absolutely. Like, the idea mm-hmm. for women, um, sorry, people with vaginas and uteruses, who that they're just going to be like super wet and that they're just going to magically like you know have enough lubrication no damn you know you're putting in a dry fucking penis or a slightly lubricated condom into your vagina your vagina is not dripping all the time and when you get turned on unless you've done a ton of foreplay which most people don't do you know you're not you're not going to be wet enough to have comfortable sex with somebody but then there's shame for buying like lubrication it's so stupid it's like why why i want to have fun sex why should i be shamed for for that like that's so dumb anyway but but no i completely agree it's there are so many double standards and like you know anyway anyway going on i think (laughs) i think a good interesting point is that like as a as a gay man who has gay sex with other men I have I have some shared experiences with uh like you who has had straight sex with a man, right? Like comparatively to a straight guy who has sex with women who doesn't know what it's like to be on the opposite end of another guy. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like Yeah, like like you you've been with people who haven't had anal sex themselves, but they still want to have anal sex with you. Is that right? Yeah, like there's there's this still this interaction with like like there's still been there have been times where I've been trying like and I have casual sex with another dude and you have this aggressiveness coming from them and it's it can be scary and you feel like threatened and like in a position where you can't say anything. Like I have that kind of shared experience with you yeah. because I'm queer and gay and have sex with other men. Yeah, which no, is a, that a makes, terrible that situation. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a terrible situation. And yeah, I I think compa- like comparatively to when we were in like middle school or high school when we first had these sexual education courses, I would like to hope and like to think that some of those education courses are a bit better than they were back then, which was like what ten years ago, twelve years ago. I don't yeah. know. That's not my forte. But <laughs> <laughs> realistically, I don't know how much has it, it had that how much of it's improved and how much of it is in queer inclusive. Um I know that there are like um like I remember right before I left school, uh they started the GSA, the Gay Straight Alliance. Yeah. Um in my school, which was a big deal because we were in a small town and it was just like there was so much um mm-hmm. homophobic. 
homophobia yeah it was just it like i i i won't get into it but just like rampant just everywhere like it was it was considered normal to be homophobic like to be very homophobic so the poor people in my in my town who did end up coming out were just fucking well they were under a microscope oh my god everything they did was just like it, it was awful and like like i remember uh one of my friends um actually so i'll just i'll just tell the story I remember I was in like grade nine or 10 and I walked out of the bathroom at lunch during, uh, in high school. And, uh, this, this boy that I knew was like standing there open mouth, staring at my two best friends. And I, and was like, Oh my God, like banana. Like, did you know that so-and-so is gay? Mm -hmm. And I turned and looked at my friend who, who, who this person was talking about. And I was like, Oh, I was like are you gay and they were like yeah and i was like oh and i turned back to the other guy and i was like yeah they're gay yeah and yeah. uh and 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 but this guy was like i like i it was like a he looked like a cartoon like his body was like, or something he was like bent forward with his arms open and his mouth open and he was so shocked and and he was very homophobic and then mm. he moved out of bancroft and he came out too. Yeah. And and now he, I hope, never goes back to Bancroft. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Because it's just not a good place. But I, I hope that that person is living a really happy life now that they are free from, you know, that, that experience of being in a town that is like a whirlpool of homophobia. Anyway, that is, that's a bit of a different story. But, um, it just it, it's so shocking to me again it's just like sex is sex yeah and really really like uh, i feel like yes we should have like heteronormative sex education and homosexual sex education and queer inclusiveness but i also kind of feel like we should just treat sex as like sex like the straight people should learn about queer sex and the gay people should still learn about heteronormative sex because it's still all important right like absolutely and i think i think that it sort of does come back to the way that society is set up we do have these long-standing uh different religions and uh you know expectations in different cultures and i think that what it does is it it has i mean we are where we are right like evolutionary evolutionary wise and I guess, you know, I mean, I feel like I always end on this topic, basically. But like, you know, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. Uh, I think that we are going moving towards a a greater shift globally, because like, not only have we had to sort of work together, I mean, it's questionable how, you know, well the world has worked together to fight this pandemic. But the pandemic has put a lot of things under the microscope. And I, I think that there will be a lot of changes that come from this because we're seeing how many things in our society are wrong. And I, I, yeah. I, I hope that you're right. Exactly what you said, um, that, you know, we are able to get to a point where everybody learns about safe sex for everyone in general, how to have yeah. safe, safe P and V sex, how to have safe V and V sex, how to have safe P and P sex, you know, all that stuff. 
Like it, it. I mean, that's called docking. What? Oh yeah, I know. You know what? PMP I mean, sex. I was, I was simplifying it. I was simplifying it. You know what I mean? Like you know, and and you know what I mean. I just like everybody should should know how to have oh, yeah. safe, healthy, comfortable. Education sex. shouldn't just be limited to the individuals who are tech, like quote unquote, using it. It should be provided to all individuals because then that creates a better of understanding of people, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. You're, you're not ignorant to it. You're not like just having that understanding can change your perspective of the other individual. Well, exactly. And I think that exact oh my god, that is such an excellent point. Because like if you don't know about something and you've not been introduced to it in a safe way, mm-hmm. of course there's gonna be some resistance, especially if you yeah. already have people telling you that it's wrong but if you have a safe and open conversation and and you know educational um setting where you are able to ask questions and and Mm -hmm. learn exactly what you said everybody would have a better understanding of everybody else and i think that that does you know it we it it does we a big change makes a huge difference well, a big change would come if we changed the way we educate our kids. Absolutely. Oh, but yeah. again, oh, yeah. that is how society is set up. We have all of these things in place. We have, you know, the different governments expecting, di- well, wanting different things. I guess the different sections of governments wanting different things and the different religions wanting different things. And, you know, people coming from different places, having different life experiences, you know, wanting different things. And, that is all okay but i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think exactly what you said is that we need to get to a point where we have more education and a better understanding of everyone and and with with an open mind like i think that that is where where hopefully we need to go um is just educating everybody on all the things and and not having it be something scary and a taboo topic and you know so much stigma around it exactly because it's just, I mean, imagine how beautiful it would be. Oh, it would be so beautiful. Well, and also, like, we're human. Sex is very important, not just for procreating. Like, sex is a beautiful, it can be super fun, it can be relaxing, it can be, it can change, it literally can turn your day around, right? Like, you can have amazing, great sex that can, it releases endorphins chemically, it helps make you feel healthier, right? It's, it's, it's like, just good. Like, that's the best way I can say it. It's good for you. It is good for you. Absolutely. And and I think as well, like, depending on the situation, like, when you're having casual sex, like, exactly like you said, it can be this huge, like, relief. But also, mm-hmm. like, when you're in, a, like, a committed relationship with someone relationship, and you yeah. have sex with them, it can be, like you said, it can be, like, a really, like, beautiful, sensual, like, loving, Intimate, tender, caring connected. experience. And I think yeah. that, you know... I think with the misinformation that there is out there and and with the lack of education, I think that there is 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 a, a lack of those experiences, those safe, happy, mm-hmm. loving, comfortable, endorphin releasing, like fun, you know, exciting experiences. I yeah. think that a lot of people do still feel like, you know, and I, I know that like I have plenty of friends who have, are in similar situations to you where they're they haven't had the greatest experiences with sex. Yeah. And I, I, I always, I always try and encourage them to like explore themselves maybe with other people or by themselves because 
being able to understand yourself can make you feel more comfortable. But I also feel I like I, I know because I've had bad sex experiences as well, but I've also had tons of really great sexual experiences that have like I remember fondly. And I feel like not that you're like, quote unquote, missing out because you haven't because that's everybody's individual perspective. Like so like you say, you like you who is not ex- super driven into sexual encounters, you're not missing anything. But I always encourage people to like that sex is good, basically. Like, don't shy away from it, at least. Yeah, I know for me, with my own experiences, I do shy away from sex. Uh, but I think that that is because I have not found uh, the person that I'm comfortable with or a person that I'm comfortable with who who will take the time to, you know, learn my boundaries and why they're there and, um, yeah. and respect them and still love me. I, you know, I think for me specifically um it 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 would it it, hopefully it will be a beautiful thing when it happens but i'm oh i i'm not going to um i don't know like i maybe it sounds like sort of shitty because like by no means am i sitting here like waiting for a prince or princess to come and sweep me off my feet by any means but um i do feel like i am waiting for somebody who actually gives a shit if that makes sense like i and i think because of who i am like because i don't have the comfortability to share my body with somebody that i don't know really well um i think you know for me i there is going to be still some waiting <laughs> and that's yeah. okay you know but I, you do get at your own pace which is the important part and you you know what you're comfortable with exactly and and i think for me i would rather I, I know what I'm comfortable with, and I think I know for me I would rather wait um, yeah. instead of having another shitty experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Just because, yeah, I there is another experience that I mentioned that I didn't mention, which was <laughs> I did what every young early early twenties person does when they have their first breakup, and I had a one night stand. Man, yeah. that was wild. Like, you know, I think that definitely turned me off from one night stands as well because, like, you know this guy like well I won't even go there but basically this guy like was obsessed with me and like wouldn't leave me alone so I had to block him on everything luckily he moved away like he was oh I've done that plenty of times with Grinder. yeah but like see I just I find that so stressful personally like I don't oh, I yeah. don't have the like emotional and mental capacity to like be able to do stuff like that all the time if mm-hmm. that makes sense not that not that like hopefully not that people who have casual sex have to do that all the time but for me like I personally find it so incredibly stressful when those things happen that I like I said I would just rather wait for somebody who 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 cares about me and who wants me and you know not just uh not just for sex um yeah I guess but but again like that's that's a me thing that's not a judgmental towards other people who have sex that is me as a demisexual person who does not feel comfortable um although like i even in my own right i have my own boundaries when it comes to casual sex i very rarely do like only once or twice have i had a dude like come to my door just have sex and then leave other than that I always meet the person in person. We go for a walk. We see how we connect. And then it leads into sex. 
Yeah. Because I find that the times that I have done it the other way where they just come for sex, it makes me feel extremely hollow. Um, I like having that connection with a person. Like, and you need to stimulate my body and my mind, not just my penis. Because yeah. if that were the case, I'd just use my hand. Right. Right? Like... But it's different. For, like, it is very different for other people. I know people, there are people who do not want to create that intimate connection because it's, it's too much. Like, they just want the sex. They don't want to have the baggage, I guess. Yeah, and see, um, for me, I'm, uh, like, again, on the opposite spectrum of that, where I'm like, yeah. I need to know that you intellectually, emotionally, and, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't want to say spiritually, but, like, that you do care about me that you give yeah, yeah. a shit about me as a person that you respect my boundaries and that you know like so so for me i'm like the opposite of that i'm like you know they're kind of yeah you're afraid of the you're on the opposite and end and i'm in the middle yeah and like and and again like but i need a bit of both way, like I, i'm okay with fine. like every yeah. way is fine yeah how i think that's the big the big point is like how you have sex or casual sex is the way it's how you do it and that is okay and however you do it don't let anybody tell you it's wrong don't let anybody judge you for it and if that person or individual is not comfortable with the way that you want to do it then they're not for you right like that's yeah don't force it i was right? gonna say i was gonna say the one thing that i would say to that is just make sure that it's you know always consent i think that was one thing yeah we we've touched on it a little bit but i i guess like maybe that's a good place to end on is is consent Sex yeah. is not sex unless there is full consent. Otherwise, it's oh, rape. Yeah. And I know that that's yeah. real, like, harsh to end it on. But, you know, I think that it is as simple as that. And people need to remember that. And I yeah. think that a lot of people don't remember that. And so, yeah, sorry if that's a harsh way to end it. But, you know. No, I think it's. Consent it's, is. Sex can be beautiful, but if it's forced, it's not. <laughs> no, well, it's it's not sex if it's forced, right? Consent is mandatory, and consent is something that you need to be getting not just once. You need to check in and make sure that the person is still comfortable, um, you know, and, and I definitely have talked to some people who do not um, think about consent the same way, where they feel like, you know, you, you, well exactly like you know what we've touched on you know like with my ex where he felt like he could just touch my body in a really sexually like aggressive way whenever he wanted to and when I told yeah. him to stop he would just find new ways you know it's like it unfortunately some people are so driven by their own desires that they feel like they have a right to do whatever they want and I want to end it on consent is sexy you know you you need to have consent and yeah i don't know if you if you take anything from this episode it's that consent is is mandatory for sex this is an episode about sex consent is mandatory for sex i think this is a great statement from one of the articles that i read and it is when an individual abuses their power they are acting on their desires and appetite and thus not acting freely but instead are a slave to those desires. And in turn, an act of abuse cannot be an act that is ethically practiced. I love that. Right? So it's, that's all about consent, right? Like, if, if you're doing anything and it's completely on your own desires, you're not getting consent. Yeah. Right? Like, you need to make sure that it's not just about you. 
It's about your sexual partner because sex isn't sex by yourself. No. And and I think that's such a good point is that, like, it, sex, even, even casual sex, even when you're coming in and you're meeting a stranger that you've never met before, it is still a partnered event. There are two of you there. Oh, yeah. And it needs to be... It needs to go both, like, not necessarily both ways, like, depending on what you're doing, you know, whatever. And what you're into. But, like, it needs to be something that is consensually involving you both, that you're both on yeah. board with, that you're both comfortable yep. with. Um, and, yeah. I think that's a really, from that article, that's a really beautiful, I really, really liked yeah. that excerpt. Yeah, I think, I think it was well well stated point yeah but yeah i think that's where we'll end it we have had quite a long conversation on sex and i hope <laughs> that everybody who's listening does their own research kind of looks at sex in a different way or has got new thoughts coming into their heads and uh that this podcast has maybe made you feel a bit more comfortable about the fact that you're allowed to talk about sex and tell people what you enjoy and what you don't Hopefully also the, um, you know, different perspectives that uh, Cauliflower and I shared, um, you know, help illustrate that not only is everyone different, but also it's okay to be different. And, you know, what, however you feel, so long as you are respecting yourself and other people, it's completely fine. You know, yep. as long as totally you're not valid. hurting anybody, go wild. Do whatever you want yep. to your own body in a, a loving, kind way. And when you are in a partnered, uh, you know, situation, make sure that you're treating the other person the way you'd want to be treated, you know, with love and respect and kindness and, you know, consent. And, uh, you know, communication is key. And have fun out there. Have fun. Oh, yeah. Get nasty. <laughs> Get nasty. If anybody has any comments, questions, or just, you know, wants to talk through email or send us a message, our email is uh, linked in the description below. Um, our resources are also there if you want to take a look at those. Thank you so much for joining us for our rowdy podcast on sex. We hope you have an excellent time of day or week or month or year whenever you're joining us. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.